Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. He moved into his own apartment. We went to Walmart on the same day. He verbalized paying me back once he starts working again. And that was substantiated by his alleged hiring as a full-time Okay, you got to stop trying to sound like a lawyer and just talk to me like a person. (laughs) You go out with your boyfriend shopping because he got a new apartment. And what happens? This is the plaintiff, Bria. She says she met the defendant on a dating app. And she loaned him money, and he never paid her back. She purchased items to help him get back on his feet when he needed a place to live. And he's owed every penny of the $289.18 she loaned him. So she's suing. This is the defendant, Zantrez Malik Armstead. He says he never directly asked the plaintiff to buy him things when they dated The defendant says they weren't serious with one another and he doesn't feel he owes her anything. He stopped talking to her and now she's coming after him for this money because she bought him a few cleaning supplies? Come on. He's accused of dissing an ex. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Million in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Million is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Ms. Bria, you are suing Mr. Armstead for $289.18 that you say you That's loaned correct. him and he won't repay you. How do you two know each other? We met on a Facebook dating app. Okay, and when was that? Um, we were in a relationship from August 14th to September 28th of this year. That's, we're talking about a couple of weeks, right? Six weeks? Yes. Okay, and then what happens? So over the course of the relationship, the defendant reported having multiple responsibilities, which he verbalized subsequently impacted his finances. Um, So then on August 29th, he moved into his own apartment. We went to Walmart on the same day. He verbalized paying me back once he starts working again. And that was substantiated by his alleged hiring as a full-time. Okay, you got to stop trying to sound like a lawyer and just talk to me like a person. (laughs) You go out with your boyfriend shopping because he got a new apartment. And what happens? Uh, so we went to Walmart. Um, he was notified that he was hired as a full-time lease agent on the 27th. So gave him a couple of weeks um, before the first paycheck to pay me back. And those were supplies. Like Wait, no. Supplies. Tell me what happens when you're at Walmart. Who uh, does he say, will you cover this for me and I'll pay you back? What are the words spoken? Well, when he told me that he was hired as a full-time leasing agent, I gave him three weeks um, to- That you're not listening to my questions. My question is not why he should pay you back. I'm asking you 
What was the discussion between the two of you at the time that you laid your credit card down for cleaning supplies? What yes, was it that him, you guys had talked about, according to you? I told him that this is a loan and he would need to pay me back. And then he said? He said, okay. Okay. And then did you discuss when or not really? Um, not really. Okay. So then you pay for $289.18 of cleaning supplies? No, that was the first purchase. Okay. First purchase was, um, then there was another purchase. He had adopted a dog on the 16th of September impulsively. And he asked me to cover the um, cost for like supplies, like dog um, food, dog bed, et cetera, et cetera. And we set the payment date back for the 21st of September. The payment date for him to pay you was supposed to be the 21st of September? Yes. All right. Then what happens? Um, so he ceased communications with me that week. Um, ironically, when the payment was due, I contacted him twice on the 28th saying like, hey, you know, I would be by to drop off his possessions. And I wait, wait, what happened? You're dating. And how do you find out you're not dating anymore? Like what happens? He just ghosts you? Yes. Mr. Uh, Armstead, let me hear from you. What's your side of the story? Hello, good good afternoon, uh, Judge. So the side of the story is uh, we met on Facebook dating. Um, we conversed for a couple of weeks. Um, I did ask, you know, if you if you want to go to Walmart with me and get me some stuff. Never was it alone. Never I said it was alone. How did you um, ask her? In writing or verbally? I believe verbally. Do you have any writing that will show that, do you have anything like texts or emails or any communication with her that would show that she just wanted to buy you and buy you things because? I don't. After after the relationship uh, got finished, I deleted everything. Um, so I don't, per se. Okay. Well, she says it was a loan. So persuade me it was a gift. Why would I believe it was a gift? Why would I ask for a loan? You bought, you bought me gifts for the house. You wasn't entitled to buy me gifts. I didn't force you to buy me gifts. She doesn't, she's not suing for the housewarming gifts. She says I, those I were no, we're, we're talking about every. We're, we're talking about everything from the, from, for the dog, the gift. You know, the, she says I was bridging him because he hadn't gotten his first paycheck. Had you started a new job? I did. I moved back uh, out of the military to back home. And you started a new job that you hadn't gotten a paycheck yet for. Correct. That's why somebody might might front you something. So why should I believe it's a it's a gift and not a loan? Because what? Because she spent six weeks trying to buy your love. Never did we discuss it was a loan. Never it was discussed it was going to be a loan. Did you ever get uh, the the fact that he was to pay you back in writing, Ms. Bria? Yes, um, I have the text messages. Um, he said, oh, can you, you know, cover the cost and um, I will pay you back on Tuesday, September 21st. Can you have someone send me $150 or $200 and I'll pay them back? It's an emergency via cash app or nah. What did you need $150 or $200 from a total stranger for that you're asking her to hit someone else up for you for? I don't remember. It was like three weeks ago. Damn, I'm Why would I remember having a girl I barely know who's suing me? Why would it jar my memory? Because it was a full three weeks ago. Why I'm trying to pinch her for 200 bucks. I can ask, but no promises. He said that um, he was in Alaska at the time um, and the Airbnb was trying to charge him extra. Were you in Alaska recently, Mr. Armstead? I was. You were? I was, actually. Were you in Alaska when you asked her for 200 bucks? Uh, I believe so, yeah. And then what happens? 
I see texts where you say, dropping off your stuff and you can pay me back my money. What does he say in response to it? Nothing. I believe he had blocked me at that. Oh, well, that's not you giving me written proof that he agrees that he's supposed to pay you back. What, what did you want me to look at? Oh, yeah. Find that text and put it up to the screen. Okay. Okay, hold still. Listen, can you help me get his cage, hit, collar, and leash, and bed, and food, and I'll pay you on Tuesday? Yeah, I can either go directly after this session or after my last session at five. What do you do for a living? A therapist. Ms. Bria, you're a therapist? Yes. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Do I even have to say anything? You're in charge of telling other people how they should live their better life. They look to you for those answers. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I do see where when you asked for the dog stuff, you say, I'll pay you Tuesday. Right. And you know, because you wrote them. Right. I mean, indeed. Oh, okay. So do you owe her the money? No. What happened? You just lost interest in her? So I was going through a situation prior and. At the time, I told her I have to leave the relationship. So after that, I had to focus on my health and getting better to where I am now. So you 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 didn't ghost her, you broke up with her? Essentially, yes. And, she's, and you think that she's just coming after you because she's angry that you lost interest in her? Basically, yes, ma'am. Okay, except that you lost interest in her just about the time that you're supposed to pay her back. And I know you're lying about calling everything a gift because I just saw a text in black and white that specifically says, I'll pay you Tuesday. We're not talking about the, we're not talking about the, uh, the cage area that we're talking about the other stuff that she included into the cage. I have no idea what you're saying. I am telling you, this is what she's suing you for. And Mm -hmm. you say all she did was buy me gifts, trying to buy my love. And then we see that, uh, she has you at least one place in writing saying, front me this and I'll pay you back. Mm-hmm. I see another place where you're like, find somebody to cash at me $200. I mean, legally speaking, it's not a contract that says I have to pay you back. I oh, watch this. Legally speaking, I find it is a contract where you have to pay her back. I have to find whether it's a loan or a gift. And I have tons of cases where women come in here and I and, and it's usually women. I'm sorry to say that. And then they're whining about all the money that they spent on their boyfriend. And now they want it all back because their boyfriend's lost interest in them, including cell phones, which they only got in order to be able to control the boyfriend and know what the hell he was up to because you can't buy love. I get all that. But I've got a two hundred dollar debt. This isn't like one of those cases. And I've got a guy who says just about the time he's supposed to pay her back. Yeah, I've lost interest in you. And then I've got you on text trying to get money from her constantly. Get somebody to cash out me $200. Like she's your sugar mama. You know, when I'm sitting here saying, is it a gift, is it a loan? Is it a gift, is it a loan? Is it a gift, is it a loan? And you've denied that anything was a loan. And then I see you saying, I'll pay you back on Tuesday. I'm kind of done. I say it's a loan and I say, you got to pay her back. $289.18, verdict for the plaintiff. Well, the plaintiff prevails. She's going to get that money from Mr. Armstead, the uh, defendant. Mr. Armstead, what are you thinking right now? Uh, I have no words. You have no words? You know, you come off looking like a, a real deadbeat here. It's really a shame. You, you should say something to help, you know, 
mean, help you yourself here. Picture, you can paint the picture. I mean, smart choice to fit in it. Well, let's put it this way. The picture says everything. Okay. You lose. Sorry about that. Bria, you, you, obviously you're very elated over there. You're happy, right? Completely. He's a narcissistic, immature, pathological liar. He lacks accountability and the judge saw all of that. So he not only lost the judgment, he lost the privilege of having me in his life. I'm completely satisfied. Good for you. Good. Hey, have you learned anything from this experience? I mean, seriously. Yeah, I usually don't do this. I usually don't do relationships, but I was in a predicament where I had empathy towards him because I just moved. I understood that costs were tight and things like that. And he just took that to an advantage. He sure did. And you, and you fell right into it. So hopefully you have learned a lesson here. All right, Harvey, what's your take on this case? So, Doug, there is a presumption when money changes hands. The presumption is that it is a loan. In order to blow up that presumption, you have to prove with pretty clear evidence that it is otherwise, in order, in other words, a gift. And that usually means you need something in writing, a text or something, to prove that you don't have to pay it back. What is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeves um, all spring forth from the fact that I am a rule follower generally. Yeah. And I try to follow rules and I expect everybody else to follow them. So, so traffic is a traffic. problem for you. Oh my God. <laughs> There's a lot so, of yelling in the car. Yes. Yes. So I, you know, I hate when people cut in front of other people. I hate when people hate rudeness. change lanes without signaling, make turns without signaling, you know, endanger other people. I think we you? have the same exact pet peeve because really? there's nothing that drives me crazier than when someone just their needs require them to stop in the middle of traffic, so that's what they're going to do. Right. Like we were at. It's uh, convenient for them. It's convenient for and them. The hell we with were you in cobblestone streets visiting our kids at college, yeah. and there were some parents who just merely, well, this is there's no parking, so just to stop right. my car here, take everything out of my car, and make you wait ten minutes while I'm doing it. They're not even right. in a hurry. Yeah, it's. I just like you know when I see people just honestly, they just need to take care of their needs, and they don't care how it affects somebody else, right. especially while they're driving the metal Leviathan of steel that right. can cause death, it right. makes me insane. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly, easier said, done. This is the plaintiff, Dawn Malish. She says she hired the defendant, a DJ, to perform at her daughter's bat mitzvah. But when the state of Connecticut shut down due to the pandemic, the party had to be canceled. When she asked the defendant for her money back, he told her he didn't have it. Didn't have it? How's that her problem? She's suing for $2,493, the amount she's owed. This is the defendant, Mike. He says he's been a DJ for 34 years. 
and was willing to give the plaintiff a credit for his services. But she keeps demanding the money back. He doesn't feel he owes her a refund because she canceled her party and he's ready, willing, and able to perform. He's accused of letting the music die. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff gave the defendant a DJ money, a deposit for services. Uh, the DJ event didn't happen. She wants her deposit back. But the defendant says he doesn't owe her anything because she up and canceled on him for no reason. It's the case of the day the music died. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Malish, you and your husband, you are appearing on behalf of both of you, are suing Mr. Mike for $2,493, the amount that you have put down for DJ services and, well, it's more than DJ services. It's pump up the party services, a photo booth, a bunch of other stuff for your daughter's bat mitzvah, which then didn't happen. Talk to me and tell me the millionth tale of woe that COVID has wreaked on humanity. Go ahead. Yes, COVID took away our daughter's bat mitzvah. we booked our our DJ services for a DJ and a photo booth uh, with Mike. We booked it on July 2019, where I gave him a $750 deposit. Then on March 11th, three weeks prior to our bat mitzvah, our, our daughter's bat mitzvah, on March 11th, we met with him and I handed him the balance of the check. And what was the well day the party was supposed to be? April 4th. 2020. Okay. We met with him three weeks prior and we p- discussed the events, how it would happen. So it's March 11th. And what, when did the country shut down? Like March 15th, so 16th? Our governor yeah. closed the, com- he came out with an executive order on March 13th. 13th. And it would be till at least April 30th. So we rescheduled it to May 31st. How'd your daughter take that? Uh, you know, she was sad. Yeah. This is kind of emotional. She spent many years practicing leading up to this. I spent a lot of money leading up to this event. You get a date. Uh, we, re- re- we got our date on May of 2017 is when we received the date for her bat mitzvah. So this is years of planning. I know, I know. And so then, so now you get it. So you get, you decide you're going to postpone it to the end of May because hopefully this nuisance will be over with by the end of May 2020. Right. Right. We were hoping that it would be over in May 2020. Our governor said at least until April 30th. Okay. So then what happens? Uh, so we rescheduled it to May 31st, um, which meant all of our family had to change their plans, their flights. We had people coming in from California. We had people coming in from Vegas. We had people coming in from Louisiana. And there were tons of travel restrictions at that, at that point in time. So we had them do that. And then on May 31st, our governor had uh, an executive order, 7TT is the executive order, uh, that as of June 1st, we can have 20 people, out, 25 people outside. They must stay six feet apart. And no dancing? Is that the one where he said? And no dancing. No, no dancing. Contact. I just, I, I love the governors who say, and no dancing, because I want to know, like, if the spirit moves me and I can't help it, is someone going to do something to me? Like, if, it, if I just, you know, sometimes I just can't help it. Like, 
You know, I, I, I get it. I understand. No dance floors, nothing to try to attract people to be moshing. I, I, I understand it. But by the way, that's the day after your scheduled day of your bat mitzvah. Before that, which is the one that was in effect? No, 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 nothing was allowed to happen. Not, our, our state was not open yet. All right. Talk to me, uh, Mr. Mike. Tell me your thoughts on Runners. this. It's not my fault. Wait, I'll do it. It's not my fault, Judge. I didn't cause a pandemic. My business suffered. This is a terrible place to be when you're, a, you know, a, a service provider, a venue, a a party person, you know, party planner, a DJ, a band, a caterer, because you guys got slaughtered, slaughtered. So talk to me. Your Honor, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for taking my time uh, this case. The uh, wedding and special events industry was decimated, of course. The bottom line uh, that uh, I have here today is that Dawn wants a contract to be one way. Now, the key thing here is I gave her 100% credit of all of the funds for her and Mr. Malish to use at any time without expiration. Uh, the state of Connecticut was shut down, but... We were actually working as of July 4th. I had weddings and bar and bat mitzvahs the entire summer. We had to uh, displace over 100 of our clients and move them. But the thing is, the clients moved. Now, according to my contract, I don't have to do this. Our contract states, very simply, that if you cancel on us 30 days prior to the event, 100% of the funds are due to our company. I didn't ask for the termination fee. I didn't ask for the penalty clauses. I told... Uh, Mrs. Malish, I will give you a 100% credit that you can use anytime. She could have used that credit over the summer. The governor did not shut the state down completely. She could have had up to 100 When exactly did the governor allow me to dance? That's what I'd like to know. Do you know? Well, there was no moratorium on dancing. Well, if you have to be six feet apart and there can't be a dance floor, you know, kind of is, but go ahead. It is It is ridiculous. Okay, but I how can many tell people were supposed to be at this party? 80 to 100. Now, what did you end up doing, Ms. Malish? Uh, on April 4th, we had 10 people in our backyard. She had a lovely service. We spaced everybody out 10 feet apart. Then the party was supposed to be at the end of May. Did you just, did you just decide we're not doing it? We canceled it because a lot of the states still had travel restrictions at, restrictions at that point in time. Are you going to do a party at all? Or did you decide no. the She's time? 15 now. So time, at, time's at no point did you decide you wanted to do a party. I'm a big believer well, in taking back what life takes away from you. I, I'm uh, one of the organizers of a prom a year into college because I had two 2020 kids, a college graduate and a high school graduate that didn't graduate. Uh, well, they graduated. But, the, you know, the the idea that I would get ripped off of this double graduation month that was supposed I just couldn't stand it. So. Like, I'm with those customers of yours that said, I'll be darned if you're going to take away my kid's party or my my kid's prom or what." But that's because I was able, with the aid of some amazing people, including my kid's high school, was very cooperative. They ended up having a graduation the next year. And the, a parent ended up doing a faux prom. It was awesome because these kids were already in college. They didn't have to follow any rules. Uh. They were, I, you know, we're going we're gonna to gloss over that part. And I got to be at the prom. It was at my friend's house. It was amazing. So I'm the kind of person who says, we're going to do this and we're going to do this later. But that has nothing to do with the law. You have a contract and the contract says certain things. But the contract, okay, when it says the deposit's non-refundable is intended for those circumstances when she changes her mind and says, 
you know, we've decided we're not doing a bar mitzvah for no reason, like, you know, whatever. Or we've decided we want to hire a different DJ. We don't like you anymore. Um, there are penalties in place for that. There are deposits that are non-refundable. Um, and there are consequences for that. The problem that you have in this particular case and the problem that your industry has in these lawsuits is that there is an impossibility of performance. That is the legal premise that is controlling the interpretation of who gives who money back or whether any money has to go back. You can't perform at what you were hired to perform at because the venue won't have the party. She can't have the party. Well, the, the idea was that on April 4th, you would play at a certain venue. You would be there and there would be 100 people and there would be a certain party. Through no fault of hers or yours, that can't happen. It is a global pandemic that stops each of you of being able to carry out the contract. So you don't want to be punished, but you want me to punish her as though she had just changed her mind. And what it really does is it puts everybody in the position you were in before the, the, the contract. And it says, okay, this contract cannot be performed. Everybody pick up your marbles and go home. And she's right. And because of that, I'm sorry. And I know that your industry has taken a, an awful hit and I feel for you. It's sad, but it's the way the cookie's going to crumble in this and so many of these COVID cases. My verdict in this case is for the plaintiff. Good luck to all of you. Well, the judge has just given a very clear explanation on why the defendant, Mike, has to give the money back to the plaintiff. Uh, Mike, you heard the judge. What do you think? Well, of course, I don't agree with it. And I also would have to say that if a pandemic negates all contracts, it can't be universal to the special events industry, meaning all contracts would be null and void if the original client wanted to break them. I mean, a, a contract should not be a one-way document that only serves one party when they feel wronged or they feel that they want to walk away from that contract. It was straight. It was forward. But apparently... Um, uh, the pandemic uh, overrules that. Ms. Malish, I'm sure you feel better about it than uh, he does. How do you feel? Uh, we're very happy justice was served today. Uh, he was not. He was the only one who did not refund our money. My daughter was really sad and disappointed that we weren't able to have what she planned for. All right, Harvey, another example of how the pandemic has uh, in, you know, invaded so many things that have gone on here in this country. What do you think about this? So, Doug, really at the heart of this is COVID. I mean, we have been talking about this for a while now, but the courts are still trying to work out when, if at all, COVID becomes an act of God, allowing people to end a contract and then put them back in the position they were in before they signed that deal. So the courts are split on all of this, and I don't think you're going to be able to find a lot of consistency until things work themselves out in chambers or in the actual courtroom. Marilyn, what's the one song that always gets you pumped up or, or cheers you up? Oh, there's so many. There's uh, uh, Classically, it's American Pie. Okay, I mean, yeah. I have to sing the entire eight minutes whenever <laughs> it comes up, much to the chagrin of my See, children in the if car. If we reveal this stuff, we're going to reveal ourselves as, as old. As old, right. <laughs> these are older uh, Thunder songs. Road is okay. a big one. Bruce Springsteen. Thunder Road yeah. just makes me yeah. go. Those are big ones for you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to say a song that gets me pumped up, like if I'm going to go work out or something. Ball and Chain by Social Distortion. Probably wasn't on your list. No, You're how's right that go? At the top. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. This is The Plaintiff.
Lamont Walton. He says he brought his car to the defendant's shop for new rims, and one of the guy's employees crashed into his car, damaging it. The defendants refused to pay him the $6,000 it's going to cost to repair and repaint the classic car. So he's suing. These are the defendants, Alex Callas and Tom Michelli. Alex says his employee grazed the plaintiff's old 1972 Buick. Now he's trying to make a federal case out of it. Bottom line, they said they'd repair the damage, but the plaintiff's trying to get them to fix all the rust on the car and paint the entire thing. And they're not doing that. They're accused of a backup crack-up. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff brought his car to the defendant's auto repair shop for new rims. And the guy who worked there backed his car into the plaintiff's car, damaging it something bad. But the defendant says his worker made a mistake and put a small dent in the guy's car. But now the plaintiff is trying to gouge him and force him to fix every little thing in the guy's 1976 hoopty. It's the case of the backup crack-up. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Walton, you are suing Mr. Callis's company. And Tom Michelli, who I presume is the employee of Mr. Callis? Yes. Okay. For $6,000, you say you're actually out $9,000, but $6,000 is your state maximum because according to you, they damaged your classic car. Tell me what happened. I have a few older vehicles, all 76s. Wait, hold, let's back up a second. What kind of vehicle is yours? 76 Buick Limited. A 76 Buick Limited is the car that you had. And where did you park it? Right in front of the um, custom trim. All right. So you were patronizing the defendant's company? Yes. Because what what was it you were there to get? I was looking at some rims for another vehicle I have. Okay. And then what happens? The employee backs up and accidentally hits your car. Yeah. I went inside and talked to a gentleman named Alex to show me some rims. As I'm coming out the facility, I noticed the silver the Jeep Wrangler pulling off my car. So I didn't go. I told Alex to get the owner, which he did. As the owner came out at the other door at the garage, the guy that hit my car was walking behind him, but he didn't come out. Just the owner came out. The owner told me, I'll fix your car, come back tomorrow, I'll give you a loaner. So they come out and then they say, we'll take care of it, and what happens? I said, okay. At that time, I was going to sell my car, which I can't sell it now because the guy don't want it because it's been damaged. When I came back the next day, he came out and said, I'm not going to fix her car because the damage I showed him, he thought it wasn't the damage that was caused by Tom Machetti, which it was. So he felt that he's not going to fix it. Okay. Hold on one second. This is your car, correct? Yes. And then the damage we're talking about is right here. I'm zooming in on it, right? Also, the alignment of the door and the front quarter panel, you have to see it from the front to see the alignment is knocked off by the impact. Let me hear from you, Mr. Callis. Actually, Mr. Machetti, let's start with you. What happened? Okay. Part of my job at Custom Trim is moving vehicles around. I got in this customer's car, a Jeep Wrangler. I seen the plaintiff's vehicle behind me. I knew it was there. I knew I was going to have to cut it tight to get by. And I'm slowly backing up, cutting the wheel, backing up, thinking I'm being clear. And next thing I know, I hit the car. Okay. A little irritated myself. So I get back in the Jeep, pull the Jeep back around to where I needed to have it moved. I go inside. 
and immediately tell Alex. Okay. He's the owner. So, Alex, Mr. Alex Callis, t- you tell me, what kind of business are you guys in? Um, automotive restyling, reengineering. Do you do any repairs on your site, you actually, or you would have farmed this out to get repaired? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, yes, Your Honor. I would have farmed it out, and which uh, immediately, um, uh, when I saw the what happened, um, I called the body shop. I immediately set up an appointment for the following morning to get taken care of. It's uh, we don't shun responsibility. When we mess up, we fix it. Just that simple. Um, so I had the appointment set up. Uh, gentlemen come in the following morning, and, uh, and I'm like, okay, good. Let me have your keys. I'm going to give you a loaner car. Everything's handled. And what was the loaner you had for him? Just we, we have loaner cars that we give to our customers. Why he seems to have been they, insulted at the loaner car that you offered him? Why? What was it? This is not a new car agency where we're we're going to. What was it? Of, what was the loaner? No, a Saturn View that we had. What year? Ninety nine, ninety eight. Okay. All right. So yeah. did he tell you I don't want to take that loaner? I want a better one. Or what was it he said? Um, c- candidly, on that aspect. Um, that's a void. I, 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 I wouldn't speak on it one way or another. Um, if that one didn't suit his need, I'm sure we could have found something else. But uh, I, I kind of glossed over that uh, because the, the whole situation went volatile extremely quickly. How so? Uh, as soon as it, um, well, then it was pointed out that uh, we hit the we hit the car with it now with an impact. Now, mind you, we didn't even hurt the other vehicle. There was nothing done to it. So the impact couldn't have been that great. Um, that there was a crack. We cracked his vinyl top uh, between the glass and a body side molding. Okay. I'm like, well, I did notice that yesterday, but okay. And if we'd, and if we'd uh, hit it hard enough to crack it, we'd have broke the window and crushed the side of the vehicle. Then he shows me on the roof, there's a crack on, uh, on the roof. And the crack on the roof has been there for a long time. It's an older car. Um, How do you know it's been there for okay. a long time? Because uh, it had some r- a little bit of rust around it. That's okay. how I knew. Then he pointed out that the passenger side door uh, did not align to the fender in the hood. Well, those cars are notorious for being that way. Now, had we hit that vehicle hard enough to alter uh, the to alter the door. Um, the door never would have closed. Pretty simple, right? Either uh, that or it sticks out, which is something nobody knows at this juncture because it, the car hasn't been repaired, right, Mr. Walton? No, it has not. Have you received yeah. an estimate from anyone on what it would cost to repair? A lot of folks I went for estimates, they backed up, they couldn't give me an estimate. Some folks wanted to mess with the car because of the older car. The estimate I finally got from one place called Chassis, he wants to do the damage and paint the whole car because the color that you get with that car, you have to match it up. But number one, that right. estimate is for eight or nine grand. And number two, the blue book value of your classic car is 2000 So that estimate's not going to fly. So do you have an estimate for repairing the damage that was done, which estimate might include realigning of the door? I don't know. That isn't nine grand. I took the one place. He offered me $3,295, but I couldn't get in because he backed up. So he invited me an estimate. He said, I'll fix the car. That's your estimate. So I parked it in my garage. So the car's sitting in my garage. Okay, but you choose. You're the plaintiff. You're mad at me, but you choose when to go to court. 
You could wait until you have your darn estimates in writing. Even if they can't do the job because they're backed up, they could put an estimate in writing and you could bring it to court. Mr. Callis, what, what did you think was going on? Well, we were looking for a lot for free and it wasn't happening with me. Just that simple. We were happy to take care of the damage that uh, occurred. I was not happy to uh, dole out a bunch of ifs when I know that uh, we didn't cause the damage. Well, you um, caused some damage, right? We, we see the damage you caused. Yeah. And sometimes oh, yeah. it could, you could, I know because I've done body work that it could be that the front door's going to be a problem, but somebody has to actually look at it. Who knows what they're doing? Yeah. And that's not me. Yeah. And that's not Mr. Walton. And guess what? It's not you either. Somebody actually has to physically see it. I see yeah. an estimate that you have provided into evidence that uh, says $950 is the estimate, but that fellow didn't actually inspect the car, right? He, he did it by virtue of pictures. So I have a picture of the damage, okay? And this is the damage. And since the only estimate you bring me is for $9,000, I have to figure out what an appropriate measure of damages is for that in order to get that fixed. If you would have gone to somebody and gotten an actual repair that wasn't four times the value of the car, I would be able to do that. So now you're stuck with whatever I guess at. That's how court works. And I am going to estimate that at a very generous $1,250 verdict for the plaintiff. Good luck, folks. Thank you. So the plaintiff uh, does prevail, but he doesn't get nearly the $6,000 he was seeking, just over $1,000. Uh, what are you thinking? At the end of the day, man, I'm glad it's stuck behind me. Well, I can give it a negativity. Here's a, 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 a Neapolitan Bonaparte demeanor and a Jezebel spirit. You know, Jezebel was a female. You can lie to your family and friends on Facebook, but look in the mirror sometimes, it tells the truth about a person. So I'm not pressed about this material stuff, man. I'm going to be all right. I, yeah, that's exactly right. It's material stuff. No question about it. Yeah. All right. Okay, okay. well, Mr. Callis, Mr. Michelli, uh, I don't know which one of you had the Napoleon Bonaparte attitude, but in any event, <laughs> you're going to have to pay a little bit. But that's kind of fair, right? Just a little bit more than what your estimate was, right? Yeah, it's fine. It's all good. That's fair. All right. Well, congratulations. Welcome to court. Doug, the guiding light here is the damages have to be reasonable. And usually what you do is you get three estimates showing the judge the range that it would cost to fix a vehicle. At the very least, get two estimates. If you only bring one in, by the way, a judge could really doubt that this is a reasonable estimate. Can we sue our neighbor for putting two bullet holes in our house? On September 4th, between 11 and 1 a.m., we were awakened by a loud bang. We looked for any broken or damaged items, but we didn't see anything. Uh, well, this is America. You can sue anybody for anything at any time. Anything. Um, so, yes, if you can, you can sue. And then when you go to court, you're going to have to prove that your neighbor, whoever you're suing, right. specifically shot right. a gun and that that gun put two bullet holes in your house. You're right. going to have to actually connect right. the dots for the judge right. in order to sue for the repair of those bullet holes. No simple task. Clearly, I, clearly there was no eyewitnesses, as far as right. we can tell. Apparently, there's no video, right? All you heard was a bang. There, you heard a bang, right. And, and maybe there's a couple of holes. But even when the police arrest someone for, you know, uh, aggravated assault with a firearm, for shooting at somebody, for whatever it is, they usually have GSR, 
which is... Gunshot residue on the person's hand. Right. Or they have uh, fingerprints or, or DNA on a firearm, or they have... How are you going to prove that it's your... Ballistics that, evidence. That it's your neighbor you that know, shot. Tool and die marks that show that, 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 that the slug came from that barrel. Maybe they have casings. They're not going to have all of that stuff, but they might have one of those things or a hint of one of those things. Here, we don't even have that. It's right. just... I mean, know. we don't know. If, if, in fact, the person made a statement, yeah, I did it and I'll do it again. Right. Uh, if you're able to prove that, <laughs> there you go. if you have a I'll video of him going like this because you have uh, outdoor cameras, yeah. that's great. If all you heard was a big bang right. and then you walked out and didn't see anything, right. and then days later you noticed two bullet holes and you're like, you right. are not cooking with gas. That'll do it for this session of the People's Court. We'll see you next time. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done.